Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. In 20 minutes, we will head across the pond and connect with member of the Jaguars broadcast team uh, because Jacksonville gets the first victory in London in this 2023 season. We'll talk about that game here momentarily. No undefeateds left in the AFC. The two that still stand are in the NFC, the Eagles and the Niners. Shouldn't surprise anyone. We're going to talk about the Eagles coming up because they got the I would say the stiffest test, the biggest battle so far, and it's fitting that it comes inside the NFC East. There's going to be a lot of that again this season. And so the Eagles uh, seeing their quarterback really dial down or dig down, I should say, uh, for the, just the extra toughness, anything he could to to be tough and resilient and lead the way uh, because he saw a lot of pressure. He was feeling the heat from the commander's defense. Uh, we know the Cowboys won handily on Sunday, and we've got the Giants playing on Monday night against the Seahawks to wrap up week number four. So that's your NFC East. But when we're talking about the AFC South, which is Jacksonville and and Houston, right? So we have to wrap up uh, the Houston side of that game between Steelers and Texans. But the the divisions, the South divisions, because they're so wide open and because there is no clear front runner, it's kind of funny to see how they've started out. The AFC South, every single team is two and two. Okay. Two of them are starting rookie quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud has put back-to-back 300-yard passing games uh, on the field. The Jacksonville Jaguars probably aren't supposed to be in this position, but that's what you get for knocking me out of the survivor pool. The Tennessee Titans have been a roller coaster ride. Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, one week they don't even have 100 yards of offense. The next week you can't stop them. So I have no idea who the Titans really are. But every team in the AFC South is 2-2. Two and two. And in the NFC South, it's the Buccaneers, weirdly enough, who are 3-1. and one. But the Falcons, the Saints, they're 2-2. Two and two. The Panthers at 0-4. Along with the Chicago Bears. The last two teams that have yet to secure wins this season. So we're not even through a month. We've got one more game to come on Monday night. And we already have... Just two undefeateds and two winless teams. It's really hard to do both. I'm not sure which one's more challenging. To go undefeated through a regular season, which we've only seen a couple of times, or to go winless, also only seen a couple of times. And many of you pointing out that what you are reminded of this first month of the season is that anything can 
and will happen. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. So let's talk Jacksonville across the pond just a little bit. Now, when I say across the pond, they're starting off the London circuit. But remember, there will be games in Germany again this year for the NFL. And this is all taking place uh, as the Ryder Cup is wrapping up in Rome and Team Europe is withstanding a bit of a challenge. I wouldn't say it was a real scary challenge from Team USA. Too big of a hole that they put themselves in initially. But at all kinds of sporting events that were taking place early on Sunday, if you wanted to wake up at 6.30 on the West Coast to watch Falcons and Jags in London to to, uh, start this Sunday of week four. And it was lopsided. Maybe after you showed up to watch a little bit, then you decided that you would just go back to bed. I'm <laughs> I'm not sure that it was worth watching after that first half where the Jaguars race out to a big lead. And I love to see Calvin Ridley, love to see what he's done uh, early on in his connection with Trevor Lawrence, but also love to see the defense for Jacksonville, uh, the way that they've responded. I know they've left a couple of games in which there is much to be desired. Uh, But the way that they've responded in what is now the second year with Doug Peterson, uh, they're much more disciplined, and they are starting to show that they can beat you a variety of ways. Pressure coming from his right. Steps up, avoids the blitz, throws deep down the field. Open man in the end zone. It's caught. It's Calvin Ridley. Touchdown, Jaguars. 31 yards. Ritter with the pistol back behind him, takes a snap, quick throw to the right side, intercepted as Darius Williams, up the left, numbers 50, to the 40, he needs one block, he's got it at the 20, he's at the 10, he's all the way in, touchdown Jaguars, 58 yards from the cornerback, Darius Williams. So a 61-yard pick six off Atlanta QB Desmond Ritter, uh, you've got Brandon McManus putting on a show with a 56-yard field goal. So early on, plenty for those London football fans to be excited about. Um, And, yeah, I would say maybe Atlanta showed signs of a pulse there in the second half. Uh, They pulled within 10 on a Drake London touchdown catch, but really got no closer than that. Uh, Jacksonville, long possession for a field goal. And then there was the fumble on a sack of Desmond Ritter, really, that seals it. Uh, So, yeah, you got most of the action and the activity and the fireworks in the first half there in London. How about Josh Allen, the other one? Uh, Three sacks of the four for Jacksonville. And then Bijan Robinson, really the high mark for the Atlanta Falcons, 105 yards rushing. They haven't broken out yet. They haven't reestablished themselves as the team to beat in the AFC South yet, but... I think it's more inconsistency than not having the ability to capitalize and to, I guess, springboard off of what they did to end last year. There's just a lot of lot of good effort today, and, and they played together as a team. That, that's that's the, the sign that we're, we're headed in the right direction, where we're getting some things fixed, and, and um, still got some work to do, obviously, but very, very pleased with uh, today's win. It's a lot of fun when you win here. It's not too much fun when you when you lose, so especially being so far from home. So, uh you know, you know that was that was obviously a good response for our team. Our defense played great once again. It was huge. Then bouncing back and offensively, um, I thought we played well at times and in spurts and found a way to win. I know that the NFL is not scripted, but if it was scripted, of course Drake London would have to catch a 
touchdown in London. <laughs> the calls there uh, on the Jaguars radio network. And as I say, uh, JP Shadrick of Jags radio will join us actually from London coming up in a few minutes here on after hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS sports radio. Uh, it's not as simple as one stat or one element to a game ever, but when you lose the turnover battle three to nothing, it makes it a heck of a lot harder to win a game. We got to find a way to jumpstart early. And it's always going to start with me. We got the right guys in that locker room, but that is the reality. And the other reality is thankfully we're two and two. And we got to get back to Atlanta and we got to, we got to get this thing jumpstarted. You know, I did a terrible job of, you know, taking care of the ball. Um, had two picks. Obviously, wish we could have back one pick six. And that changed the momentum huge of a game. Um, so obviously, looking back, you know, obviously, I mean, we got to find a way to start faster, whatever that may be. However, it is that, that's just what we got to do. Um, then I got to do a better job to take care of the ball. Desmond Ritter, uh, feeling it, feeling some of the growing pains early on as a young quarterback, not a rookie. Uh, did see some starting time uh, last year, but between him and say Sam Howell, it, they're still so young and they're still so early in their careers that, of course, you're still going to see them working it out. All right, so in the AFC South, again, every single team is 2-2. Two and two. That includes the Colts, even as they fall to the Rams in overtime. We'll get to the Titans. Man, they manhandled the Cincinnati Bengals, and I do not know what is happening with the Bengals' offense. It is brutal right now. Last year, they started 0-2 and, and then went 2-3 and three and still made the AFC championship. I'm not saying they can't do it because the AFC is so bunched together, but it is painful to watch forget to play in right now for the Cincinnati Bengals so we'll get to the AFC North of course coming up we did just talk about the Steelers and they were on the road in Houston uh please forgive me Craig Wolfie uh Craig Wolfley is the uh color analyst that goes along with Bill Hillgrove and then Max Starks and Missy Matthews on sidelines Missy was just with us last week here on the show so I pro- I apologize for misidentifying uh the color announcer Steelers Lose Kenny Pickett, that's their big concern. Uh, Their offense really stalled throughout this game. And the Texans did a good job capitalizing on their opportunities. Uh, They keep the ball six minutes to start the game. It's a, a, but at the same time, so I just want to point this out. Like rookie quarterbacks, we say they give it and they take it away, right? Well, in this game, it was pretty obvious. Yeah, there's a lot of positives with CJ Stroud. You can see that he's really picking it up. They keep the ball, they are able to. Uh, to move the ball down the field, a 12-play drive, but then they get into the red zone, and it's a bit of a mess, right? They've got penalties. They've got failed attempts. uh, But ultimately, C.J. Stroud is able to work with the guys around him and able to put points on the board. It may not be pretty all the time. Not sure it needs to be, especially when you have a rookie as well as a rookie head coach in D'Amico Ryans. Second to goal from the two. Stroud fakes the give. Throws back of the end zone. Caught Nico Collins. Touchdown, Houston. Beautiful Texans play. take the early lead. Stroud to Nico. CJ gets the snap. CJ throwing downfield and caught by Nico. 25 20. Breaks a tackle. 15 10 5. Rock and roll. Touchdown, Houston. CJ Stroud with more third down magic to the end zone. 
CJ Stroud with another 300-yard passing game and also some trickeration in this one, too, uh, dialed up by the Texans. Devin Singletary takes a handoff from CJ, and then he chucks a touchdown pass to Dalton Schultz. So, yeah, keep the defense on its toes, and in this case, it worked against the... Uh, well, against the Steelers, who had a huge performance last week on defense, but not able to replicate it, and T.J. Watt kind of embarrassed. We were out of gaps. We didn't tackle on the backfield, and uh, that combination leads to what you saw out there today. Whether or not you believe this was a letdown by Pittsburgh or you think that this was about the Texans and what they're able to do, it's usually a combination of both. It's clear that C.J. Stroud will end up being a headache for a lot of teams once he gets comfortable, once he gets more adjusted to the NFL. I know he said during preseason, no, it's not that fast for me. It's That's actually, don't feel like the speed is a big adjustment. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Um, but what we've seen from him so far makes it clear that the Texans, as long as he stays healthy and continues to work, that uh, the Texans have found a guy that they feel like they can rely on, that they like, that they made the right decision by putting him in as a rookie starter. Oh, man, dude's balling. You know, just the work he put in every single day. Uh, you can tell, man, it's, it show up in primetime. And it's only going to get better for him, man. Continue to trust the details, continue to learn from the mistakes, man, and not go back for him and um, just keep going. Nico Collins raving about his rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. So, again, in the AFC South, you've got four teams that are 2-2. Two and two, Colts, Texans, Jags, Titans. In the AFC North, well, not quite the same because the Bengals can't seem to figure it out yet. The Browns did not have their starting quarterback on Sunday. The Steelers lost their starting quarterback on Sunday. Hope it's not for a long period of time. What we do know is the one quarterback out there who was making a whole lot of noise, well, that was Lamar Jackson. Man, what a game for him. What a game uh, in a connection with his tight end, Mark Andrews, who had a pair of touchdown grabs late in the second quarter and then late in the fourth quarter. This was an overwhelming performance against Cleveland. So, yeah, the Ravens have started out with two wins in their division, and that's a big deal. Uh, by the way, both of them coming on the road, right? So, big deal uh, for them to be able to make a statement early, especially considering that the Bengals were the team to beat the last couple. Well, they kind of came on late in 21, uh, but they're a team to beat in this division, and they've had uh, those the those Super Bowl appearance, the AFC Championship appearance. They've got flashy weapons. They've just paid their quarterback, obviously a highest paid player in NFL history, though Lamar is not far behind. But the, with the Bengals scuffling, this is the opportunity for the Ravens even with all the injuries they've had to pick up as many wins as possible, who cares what it looks like, who cares how pretty it is or aesthetically pleasing, just rack up the wins. Because if and when the Bengals wake up, you want to make sure that you've already established a bit of a lead. You have an advantage at the very least. You've uh, picked up some early wins in the division, especially if you think about Steelers and Browns, if they're going to have quarterback issues or quarterback injuries, it makes it even more paramount that the Ravens use this time and and exert their their advantage so that they can maybe build a lead in that division because that race is definitely not over. You'll take any edge that you can get. 
What have you learned in the first month of the NFL season? And maybe it's about your team. Maybe it's about a different team. Maybe it's about a league as a whole. On Twitter, After Hours CBS, on our Facebook page too, coming up in just a couple of minutes, we'll check in with J.P. Shadrick, uh, who is the sideline reporter and a, a host for the Jaguars radio network. We've had him on the show a bunch. He's great with the team in London. I got to take a breath. I got to take a breath and make sure that I'm locked in too and that I don't fall off the rails like a rookie quarterback because I'm not a rookie. Rookies give a they Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Take it away. I need to be steady, Eddie. It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Pressure coming from his right. Steps up, avoids the blitz, throws deep down the field. Open man in the end zone. It's caught. It's Calvin Ridley. Touchdown, Jaguars. 31 yards. And Ridley has done it against his former team in London. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. On Westwood One, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Atlanta Falcons kick off the London circuit in the NFL. It's the first, but it's not the last. And if there was anyone late arriving to Wembley Stadium, well, they missed the show. First half was the 17-0 lead for the Jaguars and Calvin Ridley, a spark early on with Trevor Lawrence. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're excited to welcome J.P. Shadrick, a senior reporter for the Jaguars, who is still across the pond uh, with Jacksonville, getting ready to head home, I suppose. J.P., what's your travel schedule? Oh, well, uh, first of all, good morning. It's nice to be back with you, Amy. Thank you. Um, Well, the Jaguars are here all week because they play the Bills at Tottenham Hotspur next Sunday. So it's the first time the NFL team will play back-to-back games in London. They were the home team at Wembley yesterday. That's always the deal the Jaguars have directly with Wembley Stadium and the Football Association. But now they're uh, going on the NFL's game next week at Spurs. 
So uh, they're the road team against the Bills. And, uh, yeah, big win for the Jaguars yesterday, and uh, they needed it, too. They were not playing really good football. Uh, it wasn't the cleanest game yesterday, but a win is a win, and everybody in the division is now 2-2. Two and two. Mm, Interesting that they're staying there and not coming back. So what will their week look like? <laughs> well, they've got a uh, different hotel this week. So uh, they were at uh, the Grove Resort out in Watford when they arrived on Friday morning, and they did a practice there, a walkthrough Saturday at Wembley, and then played the game Sunday. After the game, they changed hotels to another resort up northeast of town, a little closer to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, there's, a, there's a field on site there. Uh, they can do everything they need in the meeting spaces. Um, they've got all the, the film stuff and all the meeting rooms and whatever they need, like normal, the, the food, uh, training table, everything's there. Um, so they're on site there pretty much all week long. I think the players officially have today off, Monday, uh, coming up. And then Tuesday, it's back to work, kind of flip-flopping those two days. There's some community event things, I think, mm-hmm. today planned around London. Like I'm going to speak with uh, a couple of players at uh, school. There's a couple of school visits today around town, so we're doing that kind of thing today. Then it's back to work Tuesday on the field, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, play the game Sunday, and then fly home Sunday night after the game against the Bills. As best you can tell, how much do they like the opportunity or – or maybe mind the fact that they're completely out of what would be a normal schedule, quote-unquote? Well, I think the, the team has done a really good job in the organization of making it as normal as possible. It's, it's tough because you fly eight hours away mm-hmm. to do it, and it takes you a couple of days to get right again. I mean, Tyler Shatley's done this. This is now his eighth London game. He's a 10th-year player. He was inactive for one of them. Yesterday was his eighth game he played in London. That's the most all-time in the NFL. And he said, you know, it doesn't matter what you take. It doesn't matter how you hydrate. The first day is just going to be awful. You just got to power through it. And, you know, once you arrive here, it's just going to be a bad Friday. Fight through. And then by Saturday, you're okay and you play the game, right? So that's what it is. Once you get past that, I think this week will be somewhat normal. Now we're in just a different environment. But everything else you have is here, and the organization has done a great job of, of making sure it's as comfortable as possible. And, and from a team perspective, I mean, this, there's a lot going on, and, and they just didn't – they weren't playing great football. They just were out of sync on really all three phases uh, last week. They just kind of needed a break, something to get away, and, and, you know, I don't know if I necessarily buy all that. They're saying that at least because <laughs> it worked out yesterday. You know, they got it done, and maybe the change of scenery is a good thing. J.P. Shadrick is with us from London as the Jaguars will be the first NFL team to stick around for two games in a row. We'll see if they can make it 2-0 across the pond. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. You mentioned them not playing extremely well, not finding a rhythm and groove yet. What's been the struggle for them? A lot of it starts up front on the offensive line. They've had some changes there. Uh, Anton Harrison's battling some injury things, the right tackle, the rookie out of Oklahoma, and a shoulder issue, an ankle issue. He played through it yesterday, and he's just going to be out there fighting through. I think that's going to be the season for him. Brandon Sheriff's a veteran right guard. Uh, The center's Luke Fortner. He's a little stronger than he was last year. He's a second-year player. But the left guard position has left a lot to be desired. Ben Bartsch had not been playing exceptionally well the first few weeks, so yesterday they made the change. Tyler Shatley made the start at left guard, and kind of it was a little more of a sturdy presence there. Uh, the left tackle has been Walker Little, 
who's now a third-year player out of Stanford. So now next week is the first week Cam Robinson is eligible to come back from his suspension from the performance-enhancing drug policy. He is on the trip. In theory, he could go in the lineup at left tackle. They could move Walker Little inside the left guard next week. That's really been the start of it because all of a sudden things are collapsing in front of Trevor Lawrence. The Mm. timing's a a bit off, and he hasn't been able to find his normal guys. You know, Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk, they've just kind of been off sync. And it felt like maybe the first week or two, especially, he was trying to force it to Calvin Ridley a good bit. New piece in this offense. And it just wasn't working out. Last week, you know, Calvin had like two drops and two false starts. That's, un- that's unheard of. Uh, this week, it felt like they got back to basics. Let's just get it out quick. Christian Kirk, let's get seven yards. Okay, Evan Ingram, let's get six yards. Keep the chains moving. And then when you see Ridley open, hit him with a deep ball like you just heard coming back from break. Um, that's what they were. They went back to basics on offense yesterday. What does Calvin Ridley mean to the offense when you're not feeling that disjointed uh, connection when he's not dropping it or there's false starts? But the potential we've definitely seen, JP. So what can he mean for the Jaguars? Well, he means, you know, when he's on, he's a true number one receiver in the NFL. And and the Jags really haven't had a talent like that, a true all-around number one guy. I would argue since Justin Blackman. Um, now when Justin was right, he was that guy. And then that went away fast. Allen Robinson had some flashes of that. Right. Here. Um, but, but Calvin is that guy. I mean, he is, he is locked in. He's a fantastic route runner. I mean, he can turn you around like at the, the bat of an eye. And then he's got the speed to go over the top. And when it's in the air, okay, he may not be the biggest jumper in the world, but he'll go up and fight it. And uh, he just kind of gives you that extra added presence that you haven't had outside. Now, they're without a couple of receivers right now as well. Zay Jones has a knee injury, and uh, Jamal Agnew did not play yesterday. So they were short, a couple of guys at the receiver spot. So it was good to see Ridley get back in there and make that first catch, the touchdown, um, and just kind of maybe get in the groove again and not overforce it to him and and just kind of balance out this offense. He should be a piece of this offense right now and then build up uh, to make him maybe a, a forward part of it as the season goes along. They just got to work that in. I don't know how much the fans there in London uh, can appreciate the nuance, or maybe they don't cheer for defense as much as they cheer for offense, but, man, Josh Allen had a pretty sweet game yesterday, even as the other Josh Allen had five touchdowns. This Josh Allen had three sacks. Yeah, uh, this Josh Allen in Jacksonville had his second three-sack game of the season. Mm-hmm. And he had one week one as well. So it's a big year for him. It's contract year. Um, you know, there's this crew that is running the Jaguars did not draft him. So he's got to keep making an impression. And he knows this is his moment to really do that. So yesterday was a big deal for him and this defense. They got three takeaways yesterday. They scored on defense with right. a six from Darius Williams. And then Josh Allen had the sack fumble at the end. That was the third takeaway of the game. Um, He's playing very well. Trayvon Walker is just getting better incrementally. Uh, He doesn't have that flashiness, that bend around the edge yet, but he's a big, strong physical player and uh, the former number one overall pick, of course, from Georgia. So uh, they're working on it. And that's been highly criticized by Jaguars fans, the lack of pass rush. Um, they, They missed... I think this, they had the stat internally, like missed 27 or 29 sacks last year. Like, 
had the hand on the quarterback or were within reach of him and couldn't get him to the ground for whatever reason. So if they get half of those, then they're, okay, they're moving in the right direction. Uh, it's been a little slow starting, but Josh Allen has had a couple of games where you're like, okay, now he might be finding his rhythm, and that's great for the Jags defense. J.P. Shadrick is a senior reporter with the Jaguars, and he's with us from London. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. A couple things about the AFC South. It, every team right now is 2-2. Two and two. <laughs> What are your impressions through the first month? <laughs> yeah, well, it's even Steven. That's fine. Uh, we'll take it. Uh, you know, considering the way it started uh, and the loss to the Texans for the Jaguars a couple weeks ago, I, I mean, that was – just a, a poor performance all around from the Jaguars. All three phases contributed to that. And then all of a sudden the Texans come out and win again. So, hey, C.J. Stroud, uh, solid performance last week. Uh, he's got a bright future down there in Houston, it looks like. And D'Amico's got those guys playing pretty well, uh, at least early, playing hard. I mean, that's a good football team, I think. Uh, Indy will have their moments, I think. Um, Anthony Richardson can, can move around, and he's athletic, and he's a, he can be a real problem for you. The Jaguars had the Colts. Uh, week one, and we'll see about Tennessee. I mean, it looked like Derrick Henry got warmed up a little bit yesterday. You know, he, he's, we'll see how long that can last, right? He keeps saying, oh, he's getting older. He's getting older. And all of a sudden, <laughs> he breaks off a 60-yarder again. I mean, we've had that. We've seen that firsthand before. So, yeah, it's two and two. It, it, and the season starts now, right? If you're all two and two, everybody's even. I just go play some football and it's a big one this week for the Jags. I mean, they, you know, they've already dropped a game to Kansas City. Right. They felt like there were the expectations after the playoff run last year that, hey, the Jags need to kind of match up with the Chiefs and the Bills and the Chargers because they expected to be in that playoff hunt and in the, in the postseason most years. We've got to build your team to match those teams. Um, okay, this is the test. They, um, they had a chance against Kansas City, held them to, I mean, under 20, and lost the game. And now you've got a Bills team that is really warmed up, obviously, after mm-hmm. last week. So uh, you better start your engines. It's going to be a heck of a game at Spurs next week. All right, before I let you go, JP, how impressive is Bijan Robinson up close? Oh, yeah. That guy is something special. It's, it's amazing. There was a play, uh, and I forget when it was in the game. You know, he had a few, the first touch, I think, was a pass. It was a, out in the flat to the right. And he had, like, three moves, and Chad Moon went flying the other way. And here he goes down the sideline. That was impressive. There was another one where he kind of ran left. It was clogged up. And I saw this hole open to the right from the side where I was calling the game. And he just exploded through it and went for, like, 30 or something. I mean, at the, at the drop of a hat. He's got that incredible vision. Um, he's got moves to shake past anybody, and he's not scared to you know shake a little bit and then run you over if you're expecting him to go by. So, uh, complete game so far for Bijan Robinson. His second 100-yard game of this season yesterday, and uh, I think you know it, it's built around him right now. He was their leading receiver coming into the game and leading <laughs> rusher, and that's what they have in Atlanta. But Okay, they're going to be fine with him. Mm, yeah, it's kind of interesting to to think about the possibilities in both the AFC South and the NFC South, actually, because both of these divisions yeah. right now are still there up for the grabs. Though we're first month, so no one wins a division in October. Well, JP, any fun plans for you since you are also there in London for a week? Work. It's all work. Amy. Oh, that's Never no end. fun. I mean, we got 
We got Jaguars.com and Jaguars radio shows uh, in the morning. They're doing them at the team hotel up north of town, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then we have afternoon shows that we're doing live in a pub here in London <laughs> called the Pavilion End Pub near nice. St. Paul's. So we'll have a live audience. Uh, we'll take fan questions. It's uh, going to be wild. So Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, that. And then game prep, and I'm calling the game again on Westwood One on Sunday. So uh, Jag stuff all week. Westwood One Sunday. It's it's work, but it's a it's a great place to do work. I'll say that. Have you noticed that there are still a lot of American football fans making the trip? Oh yeah, yeah it, it felt like that the other night. There was a Jaguars pub party at the same pub, <laughs> oddly enough. And uh, I have to kind of MC or host or just scream into a mic, basically, and. Uh, we did kind of a poll. Who's over from the U.S.? How many U.K.? It's about 50-50 in that place. And it was jam-packed upstairs wow. and downstairs. So there's a lot of people that come over from Jacksonville area. Kind of, They make it, especially with two games here this year, a home and a road game. You know, a lot of people came to the game yesterday. And, I mean, more than a handful that I've talked to were going to either Paris or Amsterdam or over to Ireland for three or four days. Nice. Coming back on, like, Thursday. So making a long trip of it, seeing uh-huh. two games, seeing something else on the continent, that's that's a, that's an excellent vacation choice, I'd say. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, J.P. Shadrick, he's got a full week of work, but he is in London, so he's not complaining. Uh, you can find him no. on Twitter at J-P-S-H-A-D-R-I-C-K, J.P. Shadrick, senior reporter with the Jags. Also hear that voice doing play-by-play for both NFL and college football on Westwood One. Thank you for making a few minutes for us. Enjoy your time across the pond. Oh, we always do. It's always a pleasure to speak with you as well. And, you know, not, you know, it's like, what, four in the morning there right now? I mean, this is like 437 Eastern, yes. 437 Jacksonville time. I am to talk to you now. Like, <laughs> no. This is perfect. Perfect. Good. We'll we definitely will. Thank you, JP. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, good stuff. We always enjoy connecting with different reporters and analysts and sometimes broadcasters when they're doing international events. We, uh, we've done it all over the place uh, from Asia during Olympic Games to London for NFL to Paris and well even back to London for tennis we've talked golf across the pond uh, we've even had some calls for well, not calls we've even had a guest from New Zealand for a Women's World Cup yeah all kinds of great stuff so uh, find JP on Twitter uh, as the Jaguars definitely have shown the flashes from last year, but not yet in a rhythm. Now, we were talking about the AFC South, so we'll get to that Bengals-Titans game and what in the world is wrong with Cincinnati. But yeah, Derrick Henry with his first eyebrow-raising game of 2023. And what else do we want to do in there? Let's see. Try to throw in... Do we do... I guess we talked about Ravens-Browns. Maybe we'll do a little bit there, too, about the AFC North. Haven't yet gotten to Khalil Mack's franchise record with the Chargers and the Raiders. No Jimmy Garoppolo. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So we're going to cram it as much as we can before the top of the hour. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. To the 10, to the 5, to the end zone. Ladies and gentlemen, the King! Touchdown, Titans! Tannehill under center. Simmons is offset. Rolling, throwing, Tannehill. Touchdown, Titans! Henry, I should say, is the man who rolls and throws. All that movement just freaked me out. And Cincinnati was more lost than me as Wiley catches the touchdown pass. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Tennessee Titans, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. One week they can't even put together 100 yards of total offense. The next week they race out to a 17-3 lead. And something tells me that has a lot to do with the usage of Derrick Henry. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. They had more success than all of Week 3 against the Browns in just the first half. And Henry has both the rushing touchdown as well as the direct snap on what was the final play of the first half. He turns it into a jump pass to the rookie tight end Josh Wiley for the score. (laughs) Nice. I do love that option. I wonder if that's in every playbook. The Derrick Henry jump pass. It's unique. It's special. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You've also got the calls there uh, with Mike Keith on Titans Radio. Now, the only points in the second half are a field goal. And that's what I mean. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Not telling you that, you know, they've certainly found their rhythm or this is how they're going to look the rest of the, the, the year or even the rest of the game for the Titans, for heaven's sakes. But thought maybe some of that momentum might carry over. Uh, The good news about them is that they are able to control the ball. um, And so they do use 10 plus minutes just to get their field goal in the second half. And that limits the opportunity that Joe Burrow and the Bengals have to try to rally, though they weren't doing a whole lot of rallying themselves. Um, They they end up with a fumble on a sack uh, because Tennessee is able to Put a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow. Uh, the Bengals barely get over 200 yards of total offense. For heaven's sakes, the Titans nearly had more rushing yards than the Bengals had total yards. And that's due in large part to Derrick Henry and the way that he can possess that ball. Yeah, it felt good. Um, I feel like we were hitting on all senators playing uh, complimentary football on all three phases. Um, and um, glad we were able to put drives together. Defense did a great job. Um, against the offense, special teams, 
Um, so it was a great all-around team win. We finally got one on them, so they sealed up with us a little bit. We finally got one. What we're trying to do is play complementary, feed off each other, fuel each other, uh, have a level of speed and violence to our actions. You know, I thought there were some good extra efforts. Guys blocking down the field. Nick makes a nice play. Then, you know, then he, he blocks for Derek and things come around. Hop comes up huge. We got everybody involved. That's how you need to do it. Eight of 13 on third down, so more proficiency in that area. Ryan Tannehill does have an interception, but didn't end up hurting the Titans in this game. So, yeah, every team in the AFC South is 2-2. Two and two, And as J.P. Shadrick just said from London, kind of starting over. But that's not the case with the Bengals. This was brutal. Do you know that Cincinnati is still, still in this weird space where they have no First half touchdowns in any of their four games. No first half touchdowns. Nothing was good enough today for us. Really, we got beat in every phase, and that that's up to every player. That's on every every coach uh, that we've got. This is unacceptable today, and and I got the confidence that we've got everything we need in this locker room to get right, get back on track next week. Tennessee controlled the game really from start to finish. They executed. They beat us in every situation. Uh, hats off to them. They outplayed us today. Uh, more discipline, more physical, and and so we again we've got to we've got to step up this week and have our best week we've had yet to get back on track. Just weren't able to weren't able to find it. weren't able to find complete balls down the field. weren't able to really do anything. So got a lot to get fixed. We practice hard. I don't think it's I don't think it's not that, not that we don't practice hard. <clears throat> Just gotta find. I guess we gotta find that spark. Somebody gotta give us that spark. And we gotta somebody gotta make a play. We gotta make plays out there. Not sure if you saw the exchange with Jamar Chase and reporters in which he was asked about being open. He's like he said, "I'm always bleeping open." <laughs> that that was his comment. I'm always bleeping open. Uh, but right now, not a whole lot working for the Bengals offensively. No talk about Burrow's calf this week. They just never could find a rhythm. And Tennessee far more physical than were the Bengals in the trenches specifically. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Buccaneers and Saints from the NFC South. Derek Carr did start despite, uh, despite uh, oh, Lordy. <laughs> Oh, no. Okay, let's try that again. Derek Carr did start despite the sprained AC joint. So we did see him on the field, but the Saints were kept out of the end zone. Uh, Instead, it was a crafty and creative Baker Mayfield. Uh, Kate Otten hauls in a touchdown pass on this kind of heads-up step around by Baker as his pocket is collapsing, and he just kind of flips it to Otten, who is a giant target, by the way, in the end zone. Um, after a New Orleans fumble, Baker's able to connect with Trey Palmer. Hello. The only downside is that Mike Evans got hurt, so that's a, that's certainly a concern for the Buccaneers, but For uh, what we see with Baker Mayfield, it's really impressive. They were three for four in the red zone. They win the turnover battle. Uh, Baker has nearly 250 passing with three touchdowns and interception. The only thing that I didn't love is the fact that they had 11 penalties for nearly 100 yards. But right now, this is... I don't know if you're the Buccaneers. You can hope for anything better from Baker to start the season. Just taking advantage of our one-on-ones. Just trusting our guys. Uh, I think you saw that throughout the game, and um, yeah, and obviously unfortunate to, to lose Mike during the game. But our young guys are playing well. We didn't play well on Monday night. Wanted to come back and redeem ourselves, and a lot of guys stepped up from injured guys. A lot of injured guys played, and they played well as a group and as a team. I thought it was a great team win for us. 
Yeah, I like the fact that they are quietly flying under the radar. There's no Tom Brady shadow or presence that attracts a ton of attention. And yeah, they they got skunked. Well, they didn't get shut out, but they played so poorly against the Eagles. The Eagles overwhelmed them on Monday night. And on a short work week, they come back in a divisional battle. And in New Orleans, so this is on the road, they're able to pick up this victory. I know Derek Carr wasn't himself. He won't use that as an excuse. Dennis Allen is talking about how unacceptable this is. And I would imagine that they'll come back with something a little different uh, for week number five. But forget that for now because the Buccaneers are on top of the NFC South at 3-1. and one. Falcons and Saints, both with back-to-back losses. They fall to 2-2. Two and two. Panthers have yet to win there at 0-4. It's good to know you won't go 0-17. <laughs> it's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 